0: Hello, hello, hello. Thank you. Welcome. Oh, my goodness. I'm so excited to be here on today. Thank you for coming in and on time. Thank you so much. I'm going to go ahead and make my moderators. I'm going to make my guest speaker the guest and all that good stuff. Um, I'm so excited. And I'm going to start pinging some people in. Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. I am so excited. So we see some people are coming in and I am so excited. So let's get into it while people are coming in and as you are pinging people into this this conversation. I'm so excited. So I just want to say hello to everyone. My name's Tarita Barron and I am the owner and founder of All For One and One For All Incorporated, where we seek to be the bridge between the community and equitable education. And that is means through the S theme, which is sciences, technology, history, um, engineer, arts, math, music, and we have added a mental health uh, piece It's also Mental Health Awareness Month this month of May, but we definitely want to keep it going, um, if God gives us the grace to do so, and I am so excited. So I'm hoping that you all just get into the conversation. Um, Obviously, I wear many other hats, but this is a hat that um, I am excited to wear. (laughs) I'll say that. So, um, if you will, we do have a guest on today. Um, and so, I'm going to have her um, introduce herself. Thank you so much, um, Ms. Felicia Garrett. If you can introduce yourself, who are you and what do you do? And again, thank you for being here and we'll go in that order. Miss Felicia, are you there?
1: Oh, okay. Sorry about that. I was still muted. Please forgive me. No worries. Um, <laughs> good afternoon. My name is Felicia Garrett, and I am a licensed professional counselor and the owner of Renew Perspectives Counseling and Consulting, um, where we provide um, mental health clinical mental health counseling to um, primarily to. Our largest population is women, but we provide counseling to couples, to individuals and uh, a small population of teens dealing with a variety of issues from um, anxiety, depression to just life transitions. And we deal a lot with life transitions and some of those life transitions are good transitions. So we um, provide mental health counseling for that.
0: Wow, I'm so excited! Woo, we definitely—I I gotta pick your brain. Uh, is it Dr. Garrett? Is it okay if I call you? What is it?
1: No, ma'am. It's just Felicia.
0: Felicia. All right, all right. Um, so let's, uh, Miss Siobhan, can you introduce yourself and, and who are you and what do you do? Miss Siobhan, are you there? All right, maybe we're having some connecting issues, but um, Jesse, are you there? Yes, I am here. Hi, can you introduce yourself? Who are you and what do you do?
2: Okay, who am I and what do I do? Wow, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for the Uh My name is Jesse Morgan. Um, I have my own uh, audiovisual business. Um, um, I am the host of the Real World um, Jay Podcast show. Uh, we talk about uh, mental health awareness and self-improvement uh, on the show. Uh, we try to motivate people to you know, go in the right direction when they're down or when, they, when they're going in the wrong direction. So that's what we, so that's what I do. That's pretty much it. I just try to help and save people, try to save the world.
0: That is awesome. And, um, Miss Siobhan, are you there? Okay, so we're going to go ahead and get into it. So last week, um, I must say that the beginning of this entire podcast has been extremely um, enlightening. It has been an eye opener. People have shared stories. They have opened up. Um, I want to definitely give a disclaimer that this podcast is a although, yes, it is being reached to thousands, hundreds of people. Um, it is a safe place. Nothing you say is going to be used against you. Um, honestly, this is a place for people to come and just get help. Uh, and we'll get into resources and all of that towards the end of the show. We'll get into hotlines and ways you can get help. Um, but today's show is about the stigmas, misconceptions, and stereotypes of mental illnesses in the black community. And it was funny, I was trying to find a way how to type it in there for the clubhouse because it was too long, but it's something that needs to be the be addressed. The stigmas, misconceptions, and the stereotypes of mental illnesses in the black community. So let's get into that. Uh, I wanna start off with, first off, you know, what stigmas what misconceptions and stereotypes have you even heard of or have you been presented with um in the black community one I'll start off and say that um there is a stigma or of some type of um frown upon thing when you have to say go to therapy or um maybe you are taking medicine or you know um Something of that nature. And why? We don't know exactly why. I'm still researching um, because I want to be able to put out a journal review, a peer reviewed journal article about it. And I want to be able to touch on uh, first just the black community, then get into the black uh, church, and then, you know, dissect it from there. But why is it? Why is it? even a stigma in the black community. And maybe somebody may say, well, maybe it's not so much. And if not, then what have you seen? What have you heard? So let's go ahead and open it up. Anybody's free to start.
2: I just go first.
1: All right. Well, I will definitely um, start. This is Felicia. One of the things is that that's a that is a um, that's a lot to chew right there. Um, but just as a as a short answer to it is that that stigma goes way back. You know, many years um, uh, as far as taking things outside of your family unit, your your um, your space. Uh, your community, um, within your household, um, because of fear of retaliation, um, safety, uh, and just acceptance. So that is a part of where that starts at. And then just what supports were available. Again, we're talking hundreds of years back, um, but there was not, you know, the infrastructure that we have in society for, therapy and support and resources um you know that are available to us now that was not available then so what did we have you had your community you had your family you had your your church or your um you know just your religious community your family unit you had that that was where you could find support at you didn't have the therapist you didn't have the um, community services board, you didn't have, you know, the resources of apps and connection that we have now. So that stigma goes back further when there wasn't anything outside of your community.
0: Wow. And you know what, when you mentioned that, Felicia, um, about how it dates back years, years, hundreds of years ago, Um, I was thinking about even slavery because you I I made a connection there when you said, you know, how it was just something we did. We kept it in our family. Like, for instance, you know, when the slave master would come or whatever. And obviously I wasn't in those times. All we can do is imagine and read stories and things like that. But, you know, if something was going on or if somebody was sick, probably they they really tried their best not to even let the slave master know. And um, they try to handle it, you know, um, or if somebody had got pregnant or somebody was ill or somebody something like that. They try to handle it um, amongst themselves because they didn't want no problems with the slave owner, you know. And so it's almost a slave mentality if you will, um, if we continue to stay in that uh, realm of fear. And so as you said that, that really came to my mind about the slave mentality. Um, Maybe we're not in shackles uh, physically, but maybe there's some shackles and things on our mind in the way we um, have carried ourselves in our family and how we um, really identify and even, you know, sought what is a family, how we made up our family. You know, a family, is it just in numbers? Is it, you know, just by blood? But no. And that's why my book, um, The Farmer's Family, I get in a little bit uh, about how God established a family in the beginning of time and how it should have went you know, but then how it started going. Um, and so that is so profound. As you mentioned that anybody else got anything about the stigmas and, um, what do you think about that? me. Hey, this is, uh, this is Jesse.
2: <laughs> so this is, this is really how I think about, uh, uh, some, uh, like one part about mental health, uh, and this part is like you cannot care what people think of what people say if you try like if you like for example like for example like i sat down and identified the markers in my life i i took time and i took precious time to to sit back from afar to see myself to see what uh see what was wrong and see the things I need to fix and some things I need to work on. And and then I realized that, you know what, it, it's, it's a couple of things that I can't do by myself. There's someone out there that can help me fix this. How are you, how are you the problem? Like, I, don't understand, I, I, I don't understand how the community of the world make you feel like that you're the problem, that you took time to yourself. To try to, you know what I'm saying? You you took time of yourself. And and one of the most important thing is Mr. Help. And you took time of yourself and you the problem. But it's like it and, and, and so you go for help to fix that. But every time they have a problem, I'm sure that I'm, I'm I'm pretty sure they're calling out to God or somewhere, uh uh calling their friend, or whatever. You don't know who they're calling out to when they ain't need. So, but you know what I mean, but you gotta it, it, like you it, it's that part that you you can't care what people think. Because at the end of the day, if you if you worry about where everybody thinks, you never you never heal yourself. You never get where you need to go and you never reach that goal. Because you worry about everybody, everybody's thinking. You can't move forward if you all were looking backwards. You're just gonna trip over something. And if your mental health that if your mental health is that or, uh, if, if your mental health is that important to you, then you don't. Then you don't care. Then you not worry about what nobody's saying, because in it, because in it, they're gonna talk about you when you're in the church and when you're at the church. So it don't matter anyway. See, man, we just do what you do. What you you do. What you have to do. And that would And people show you who they are, and they'll show you. And they'll show you that they're not for you. If people if people if if, if people are not for you if you try to help yourself, then they're against you. Because you know what? Because they benefit you. Because because more likely they benefit they benefit for you being that person. That's why see see that's part of the community too. The user. Nobody wants to be the hustler, everybody wants to be the user. And so we use people's minds and and we use people's emotions to get things. For selfish reasons. You know, that's part of it. Traumatize, like, like, all people who's in our face traumatize us every single day. Imagine, imagine, imagine being traumatized every single day and you see it every single day. How do you how did you how did you grow from that? How 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 do people overcome that? When it's in your face every day? How do you overcome how you overcome that? That's that's what I want to know.
3: Can you all hear me?
0: Yes, we can hear you. Yeah. Hello
3: everyone. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but one thing that I would say, because I remember literally my first um booking of a session for counseling, right? I remember my first ever session and I remember feeling like, do I really need this? is like is it, it it was just such a like, you know, when you need a disappointment, you said you a disappointment. When you need an annual doctor's appointment, you said the annual doctor's appointment. But there's something about again the stigma and these misconceptions when it comes to mental health that it's like you really have to fight past um the 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 feelings of if I'm doing this I'm saying that mentally I need some help, and so you literally have to fight through what that means. So, what does it mean to need a mental health counseling, right? And so, talking about it in this forum is so good because it brings it to a normal thing. We should normalize if you need to go to see a counselor and talk about where you are, where you're, what you're going through, past experience experiences or anything let's normalize going to it just like you we've normalized needing to see a doctor normalizing needing a mammogram normalizing needing a dentist appointment we've normalized all of those things but for some reason um, we haven't normalized going to see a therapist going to get some counseling um, and it's time that that gets normalized because We need help, not just physically, not just for our dentures, not just for uh, all these other things, but we need help as it relates to where we are mentally. How are we really doing? How are we really feeling? What things do we need to process through that we haven't really processed through? So it's time for this need to be normalized instead of it being something that you really have to contemplate if it's what you need when... Clearly, is something that's needed probably more often than it gets done in reality. I think sometimes people wait till things are really bad before they go to see a counselor. Right. But there are some steps along the way that maybe you could have got a counselor sooner before you felt yourself getting to this point where, OK, all right, let's just drop everything. Because I'm about to go crazy. I'm like, you know, I'm this something really bad. Let me go to a counselor.
0: And so it's something that just really needs to be normalized, in my opinion. Yes. You both have said so much good things, so many good things. Um, Ms. Shavon said to normalize getting help, normalize seeing a counselor. Um, It states that one in four people, well, researchers state that one in four people will struggle with a mental illness at some point during their lives. And that's just them generalizing people. They didn't even narrow it down to the Black community. How much more, if not less, um, are our Black brothers and sisters um, experiencing these mental illnesses or they go untreated that's the part right there that's a whole nother can of worms because first we're trying to address the mental illness in the black community the stigmas the misconceptions and the stereotypes and then on the other hand we have well what about the ones that don't get the treatment don't get the counseling (laughs) don't seek the help don't even talk to a friend or a neighbor or a family member, um, it's amazing. Like sometimes somebody will just stop talking to you. You know, I've had that before. Sometimes they're going through their own things and they really cannot tell you and will not tell you why they just stop talking to you and you don't understand why. All you've been doing is telling them great things, good things about what's happening in your life, and all of a sudden. Um, you don't hear from them anymore. And uh, I will say that um, Jesse, who the the talk show of the real show, Jay World. I messed that all up. But of the real world Jay talk show, um, he, he explained that um, in a separate conversation that sometimes we don't know why a person do that. And it could be something that they're dealing with internally on their own. So how do we still try to reach out? All you can do is reach out. If you don't hear anything, I feel like at least you've done your part, you know? Um, So how do we start debunking this? You know, it's easy to say, well, we need to get help. But um, how do we start debunking these stigmas, these misconceptions, um, and these stereotypes about mental health? Because a lot of us may have grown up in the church. Some of us may have only went to church once or twice in our life, and that's fine. But the common denominator is always going to be that mental health is essential. So how do we um, find that common ground? Anybody? Anybody?
1: Um, one thing I was, I would say to that is, um, I definitely agree that it, it is important to normalize it. But the way that we start, one of the ways that we start to do that is one, we, we change the language. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas even just when we're saying mental illness, you know, we say mental wellness. Because it's about your wellness. Mm. Because the moment you say illness, someone is, is assuming something mm. is wrong with them. Yeah. So if something's wrong with me, oh, I'm crazy. Oh, I shouldn't be this way. That's why I need this. No, it's about your wellness. It's so that you can stay well. It is so that you can continue to function or that you can enhance you know your functioning or the way that you're doing. It's it's about enhancing it. So really starting to change the language. The other thing is, and this is just you know another aspect of it. Sometimes we tell people too much. Um, you know when it comes to our wellness. You know, I'm not one that when I go for my annual exam, I don't call all my girlfriends and say, girl, I'm going for my annual exam. (laughs) You know, this is what I'm wearing or this is what my doctor said. No, that is something that that is those that are intimate with me. No. And those who are going to support me in the case of, you know, my wellness. So sometimes we share a little bit more in regards to um, a seeking. Uh, support, because if someone has never experienced therapy, if someone does not believe in therapy, then when you share that, and I agree with Shaban, going to therapy can be uh, uh, intimidating in a sense, because you're walking into, you're talking to a stranger, and you're getting ready to tell them things about you that you probably have not told the closest people in your life. So, That can be intimidating in and of itself without any stigmas, without any other things attached to it. I often tell people that coming to therapy sometimes is like talking to a stranger at your door with your bathrobe on and you're trying to make sure that nothing comes out that you're not ready for them to see. So, it definitely can be intimidating. So you need to make sure that the people that know or the people that you share that with are people that are going to support you versus people that are going to try to tell you to do it the way that they've done it or to, you know, give you something that maybe is not helpful for you. So that is just a few ways to start, you know, changing the the um, culture, I guess, the environment and the stigma of mental wellness.
0: Awesome. Anybody else got something on that?
3: I just would like to say that was awesome <laughs> because um, even changing up their terminology is really big. I worked as a special education teacher for years and it was so like language was so important in order for students to see themselves beyond um, uh, kind of what was da- what they were diagnosed with right um and I think with mental health um and um trying to get a pl- in, in good mental health um it really is about understanding that if you are one who um ends up uh being diagnosed with depression it's not a bad thing you are you are an individual who was diagnosed with this but that's not who you are you you don't You don't have to embrace, okay, now I am depressed. No, this is just something that I have to maneuver, manage through life in a way that um, I understand that there are certain things that I can be privy to. There are certain things that I may, how I may naturally react. But now I'm going to a therapist. I'm getting some tools and they're showing me how to navigate life with understanding that um, there is um, this part of my life that um, I can easily just fall subject to if I'm not managing it well. And so, for example, like as a special education teacher, there are students who naturally struggle um, with learning different concepts and content. And it was all about mindset. It was all about my job as an educator was to teach them the content, but I had to always reinforce their ability to learn. Even if it takes a little bit longer for you, if you have to add in other strategies or implement new things, then that's what you do in order for you to be successful with this um, this uh, diagnosis, right? Who are, it's so important that people understand that there's so much more than the challenges that they may be experiencing or any type of uh, label that may have come with they're going through that process because it's just a label. It's not who you are. And I think that's a lot of times what people really need to truly understand as it relates to mental health. And hopefully that will help people not be afraid to take their medication, not be afraid to um, uh, go to counseling and things like that because it's not who you are. It's just what you're experiencing. And so how do we go through life ensuring that We are able to make sure we are not identified by um, any type of difficulty or challenge, but we are instead more than that. And so now how do I properly um, maneuver in life with understanding that this is here, right? Or that this is a part of my life and things like that. Because even with mental health and things like that, like there are some traumas that you experience. And you're going to go to counseling for those traumas. But that doesn't mean all of a sudden memories won't flash back. That doesn't mean all of a sudden, like you won't have low moments because you remember what happened to you. It doesn't mean that someone you might see somebody or talk to somebody and it might trigger something. Those things don't go away. So because you are aware of the trauma, because you are aware of, of what has been the impact of the trauma, how are you going to maneuver to ensure you don't, uh, you know, fall subject to a circumstance or fall subject to, um, an experience where it rules your life or it cleans your identity? So that's important to me. And that's one way, hopefully, that we can change it, that you, whatever you're going through, it's not your identity. And that's so important. It's just something that you have to learn to um, manage and get healthy.
0: Absolutely. I love how um, you were saying to debunk all of these things, we have to understand that that diagnosis is not who we are or who that person is. They don't have to embrace that. I like that because even as a teacher as well, um, I had I was taught that you wouldn't say for the students, even though we were we were in inclusion, we were in school inclusive classroom. So the students that had the five hundred fours or the IEPs, those types of things, you don't say that is the um, disability student. <laughs> you would say, you know, that a student has uh, disabilities. Not that they were a disability student, and it may sound similar, but it's not. Um, it's just the wording, like she said. Um, Miss Felicia said that the wording, and we need to change the language. And so, what about um, stigmas such as you know, sometimes you can't really talk about these types of things without bringing religion in it, or even sometimes politics. Um, so. When we say, uh, "Well, maybe they must have sinned, and you know that is why they're going through this," or maybe that is why they came out this way, or um, maybe they were on drugs or something, and that's why uh, their child came out the way this or that, um, the way that they uh, oh, the way not that they are, but whatever is going on with them, um, what do we say to that? How do we address that? You know, because many of us may have family friends co-workers that have been diagnosed with um, some form of a disorder or whatever diagnosis they receive. And I don't want to get too much in that other topic that we're going to be talking about soon, but how do we go about in debunking those stigmas and those stereotypes and misconceptions because those people we stated in an earlier show that they can even still be productive citizens. And if we have children that may have been diagnosed um, with something, you know, we can still raise them up in their capabilities to be, you know, hardworking individuals and and citizens of society. So what do we say to that? Or how do we react? So if we're going to say we're going to change the language, how are our actions going to be? What can we do? Because we are, I would say, can be advocates but there is no better advocate than yourself. So how can we be an an advocate for those um, that have come across those types of um, stigmas and stereotypes?
1: That is a, a fully loaded question. Um, and I, one of the things that I would say is, and that I tell my clients is that you are, you are responsible only for what you're responsible for. And I, I say that in that, you know, sometimes we try to change it for everyone, but it has to start with you. And so really being responsible for how we respond and how we speak. And, and one of the biggest parts is what you say to yourself. What you say to yourself about what is going on, and then also what you say to others. We we are very at times as people we can be very um, reactive and say something without knowing the full story. So when you when you speak specifically of in our religious uh, settings, our church settings, our um, you know po- political settings, sometimes those things that are said about mental wellness are said reactively versus being well thought out and looking at the whole situation. There's a, um, a, uh, counselor, a therapist, um, Dr. Anita Phillips, and she has this quote, um, and I believe it came from a message, but she has this thing that she says, prayer is a weapon. Therapy is a strategy. And one of the things is that usually in, certain settings, especially spiritually, when people say, and I've I've felt it myself, I've heard it myself, I've experienced it when people find out that I'm a therapist, and that I'm a believer, you know, there, how do you do that? That's, that's just what I do. That's what my, that's what my calling is. (laughs) is. But I also realize that prayer is a weapon, but therapy is a strategy. So you can have a weapon and if you don't know how to use it, um, Mm. then what, what good is the weapon? You know, so yes, you can, you can pray, you can have faith, you can seek God, you can do all of those things. But if it comes, and if it's your mental wellness, if, and the Bible speaks about the mind multiple times, and I know that's not specifically the topic, but we have to understand that our minds have to be focused and have to have that ability. And sometimes that can only happen by stepping outside of your setting. And walking into another setting and speaking to someone who can help you. And so how can we change that? One, we can decrease our um, biased judgment and allow ourselves to be open to someone else's experience. And that's basic empathy. That's an understanding that we may not have had to deal with that situation, but that's what they're dealing with. You know, um, and, and be an understanding and empathetic and supportive. And that's one of the best ways to really decrease the stigma and support and be advocates for each other. It's just really be an understanding. And that doesn't mean you have to accept or that you have to agree. It's just that you understand that they're dealing with something that they need some support with.
0: Wow, that is amazing, and that's that's really what it boils down to. Because I'm a very empathetic person, and sometimes you expect others to have that same attribute about themselves, and you you can't you can't expect everybody to be like you. You can't expect everybody to have the same qualities, um, even when they are believers. Unfortunately, um, we are supposed to um, have the fruit of the spirit: love, joy, peace. You know kindness, meekness, all those things. Um, but sometimes I know empathy is not one of them, but I believe it would equate to love. And if you love me, you will understand me. Uh, if you care about me to any capacity, whatever relationship, friendship, business partnership that you have with an individual, I believe that you will understand and take the time to listen. And, um, that is that is very good. Um, anyone else have anything to say about that? Empathy is a whole nother topic, <laughs> I feel. And I kind of put a little uh, star by it as well. I think
3: um, one thing that will also be helpful is just the continued education on it. Um, What you don't understand, you sometimes mishandle. Um, It's sometimes um, undervalued because you just don't understand it. Right. Um, And then also there are people who have never experienced it. And so they don't know what it is um, that it could be. So they, you know, they jokingly say things like, "I, I don't need to go lay on somebody's couch, not knowing that every counseling session you go to you're not laying on the couch you can just be sitting down talking to someone now we have zooms now we have you know you can just call me on the phone we can have a whole session that way and so it's just a matter of education on um what it is and what it can do for an individual how it benefits them right sometimes we just don't know what we don't know and so um it's easy to kind of just um throw, you know, push it to the side or say, no, that's not for me until you realize and you come in contact with somebody that is able to educate you. So I think the more we educate each other, um, I think that it would be better. And then also, I absolutely agree with um, just uh, advocating about it as well, too, and advocating for other people, never being afraid to share with someone. Hey, if you know, you need to go to a counselor, because sometimes people will bid to you on a level that you're like, wow, God, I thank you that this person trusts me enough to share all of this with me. But I can clearly see this is something beyond my my scope. This is something beyond um, what I can do just as a friend, just as a listening ear, just as someone that can give them wisdom or advice. And so You know, when you're talking to someone, you have someone who is a friend who, you know, you love them. You help them. Present it to them. It's up to them whether or not it goes, but present it to them. But I I don't mind telling somebody that or sharing somebody uh, that because it should not be something um, that is avoided. Um, And it should be something that you're willing to invest in yourself for. And that's another thing because sometimes,